So we have Michigan number one, Washington number two, Texas number three, and Alabama number four. You want your four best teams in the college football playoff. They obviously wanted to have Texas and Alabama in the playoff, along with Michigan. Like those are three incredible organizations. The football running right side. Austin fighting at the goal line at the one. Touchdown! What is up, everybody? This is a Snap to Whistle podcast. I am your host, Brooks Ellis, with my co-host, Austin Allen. Austin Allen. (laughs) What's up? Here we go again, baby. Episode five, baby. Chopping it up. Building up a library. Awesome. What are we talking about today? Today, we will be talking about a plethora of things where I think the biggest hot topic button issue item on the agenda is the college football playoff and the top four that came out this morning, which blew my mind, number one. Then, then also a lot of things going on with Arkansas football. Um, Bob Petrino came in and then we're going to kind of use that gateway into what college coaches kind of look for in players and, and what... Bob Petrino kind of looks for and expects out of his players, staffs, assistants, and how to make them, you know, be great. And and I think we'll kind of dive into dive into those topics and see where it lands. Just kind of chopping it yep, up. Chopping it up, baby. Let's do it. I'm in my third different place, as you can tell, since starting the podcast. It's been a chaos for the past month, but we're finally settled. It looks dynamite. The background's dynamite. I love right it. There. You should I can't wait for you to see it next week when you come in. I can't wait. All right. Let's um, start it off. College football playoffs, top four. Okay. Initial thought. What was your initial thought? What what do you think? You uh, go first. Mind blown was my initial thought. How mind blown. How do you keep a undefeated power five conference champion out of the initial four? How do they go from number four to five while well, the champion? Florida State, what are you talking about? So we have Michigan number one. Washington, number two, who's number three, Texas, number three, and Alabama, number four. The big issue that Austin's talking about, Florida State, was left out, even though they're undefeated and conference champions, which usually never happens. Usually the undefeated team always gets in. And so you think that's crazy? I think that's crazy. If you're, I mean, I, I don't understand, personally. I get it because Jordan Travis for Florida State's hurt. That obviously changes the dynamic of their team. He's the best player on their team. Uh, Tate Rodemaker, junior, four-year junior, he had a concussion, so he was out for the ACC championship game, but he would have been back in time for the college football playoff, and they still go out, put on a defensive masterclass performance with their third-string true freshman quarterback who has never played a snap in his life, and they're still able to go out there and do what they needed to do to win the ACC championship. I mean, I think... What they showed defensively, that team could match up with anyone in the country. And I just kind of put myself in the position of the players where, you know, they did everything that they were supposed to do. They beat LSU first game of the year at a neutral environment. They beat Clemson on the road. They did everything that they possibly could. And they still get left out of the playoff. Where what, How do you, as a head coach, how do you go back into the into the team meeting or at the beginning of the year next year and say, hey, here's what we got to do. Here's what we got to achieve to be able to make the playoff. And they do all those things and now are still in a New Year's Six Bowl instead of the Final Four. Mm. Could you could you imagine if if you were on that team, that feeling you'd have of you, you hit every single one of your goals and you still, now what are you playing for? A Peach Bowl trophy or whatever bowl they're in instead of yeah. the opportunity to win a national championship? What are your thoughts? Still, some things are just out of your control and you just got to go with it, you know? 
I, I, I think I understand. I, I look to strength of schedule. First of all, I didn't watch Florida State at all this year, so I have no idea what they look like. But comparing an SEC schedule to the ACC is it's incomparable. I don't, I don't, I, I think the SEC gauntlet is unlike anything else in college football. And what the SEC has done for the past twenty years in college football, I think that has granted them some more leeway, you know, for a one loss game at the beginning of the year in which they didn't have a, a quarterback settled in than an undefeated Florida State team who lost their quarterback, who had a quarterback that still played well, apparently. But I looked at the strength of schedule rankings and Florida State had the 55th ranked strength of schedule compared to Alabama's number five. And I don't I don't blame them. I think you gotta put the four I think you got to put the four best teams because we you they've put They've put a Cincinnati, they've put a Notre Dame, they put a Michigan in, in the playoff that deserved every right to be in there, and they got waxed. And those games were terrible to watch. I hated watching them. There was no competition, right, because the, the, the deserving teams got in, but the best teams, the best teams at the end of the season were left out because deserving teams were supposed to get in. I think I think it should be the best teams. I think you know it sucks. It really it's it's so unfortunate that an undefeated team because there's nothing else you can do except you know I don't, I don't actually don't know how the Florida State quarterback got hurt, but keep your quarterback. He, he healthy. broke his leg on a first down okay. run. Well, that's don't break your leg. Don't break your leg. Yeah, come on, protect yeah. your quarterback, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I just four best teams. I think that's going to be the like. It's obviously so, a business, and so you're gonna be the the best product for called the college football playoff. And this is the last year too, so let's let's make a count. Four best teams, let them duke it out. Um, you know, I think. I think so that's I it. understand so. the argument of four best teams, and I completely agree with it. You want your four best teams in the college football playoff. There's no no doubt about that one, but. I always put myself in the player's shoes, and you're telling me that a Texas team who's ranked number seven at the nobody time cares the, about the players. You're right; it's all about the big money. That's that's what that's what it's all. Yeah, it's honestly, all about the money. It is all about it's about all about. But I don't know how that's does why a Texas anything team gets done in, beats a nine and three Oklahoma State team who who lost to South Alabama earlier in the year, who's not a, not a top of the line team by any stretch of the imagination. How does a 17 Texas, 18th ranked Oklahoma State team, and then jump the number four team who beat the number 12 team? So if anything, SEC, I get Wait, why who, Alabama. Wait, the number four team that beat? Florida State beat Louisville, who's, who's number 12 at the time in the ACC championship okay. game. So Texas beat okay. the 18th ranked team, jumped from seven to three. That The math's not mathing in my head of how that happened, where Florida State technically on paper had the better win in the championship game by beating the number 12 ranked Louisville team. So if anything, Alabama should have been the one that went from eight for beating the number one Georgia team to that three spot. Florida State should have stayed put at the four. Texas should have been the one at five on the outside looking in just because if we're going by who you beat strength of schedule you know the everything that everyone's talking about technically Florida State should be in that four spot and Texas should be on the five spot outside looking in now do I get that Texas probably currently with the roster that they have with Quinn Ewers still healthy and no one really hurt are they the better team yes but we will never know because the whole four-team playoff, obviously, this was good thing they're going to 12 next year because this is the biggest chaos I have ever seen in college football since following it. And I thought the BCS system yeah. was bad previously. This is this is worse, I think, how it ended for Florida State. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. The best, the best team in college football is going to win, and that's Alabama. So, Could have been Florida State. Mm, that's true. 
you never know. That's why a bigger playoff is is going to be better. You know, I think I think they were looking for a reason to put Texas in. I mean, they were holding on to that Alabama win or Texas win at Alabama. That was the big draw for Texas. They won their conference championship, and you know they lost to Oklahoma, which Texas is a huge market. They obviously wanted to have Texas and Alabama in the playoff, along with Michigan. Like those are three incredible organizations bringing in the big, big bucks. I think they're just looking for for that, you know. That Florida uh, State's a pretty and then you could leave Washington brand as well. Mm. But who did Washington beat? They beat Oregon. They they basically hung on Oregon by the really pants by the past five weeks of the season, kind of limping into the Pac-12 championship game, and then they go out take care of business versus Oregon. I think that's a great win, but. Good thing they're going to 12 teams next year because this year I feel sick for the Florida State fans and players. Yeah, I don't care about them, honestly. Just they'll get over it. <laughs> they'll get over it. I think I, as, as long as, like, if, if Arkansas was in it, I, I would care. I truly yeah, don't care. having a discussion about college football playoff, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I truly, I mean, right, I well, it doesn't matter. Then that's a good segue. Arkansas. <laughs> Hiring Bob Petrino, initial oh. reaction, what is it for you as the offensive um, coordinator? Okay, so I've, I've had like a roller coaster of emotions since the hiring, since actually the, the Missouri game, and since the middle of the season when we just started losing a bunch of games, and it just seemed like everything was falling off the rails. After the Missouri game, I thought that I love Coach Pittman, but I just I just thought the team was team was disconnected. They they were they were just checked out. Like they, I don't I didn't I thought he lost the team. I thought he was he wasn't very motivated to to continue. I don't know. He didn't have the energy. He did like he just looked so defeated after the season. And that game was just horrendous. And I thought you know how can you recover from this? I thought this was like it just didn't seem like there was any hope. As soon as they announced Bobby Petrino, I was like, oh my god. This is, we're about to win 10 games. Like, this is it. This is exactly what we needed. Hopeful, delusional, crazy hog fan. And it could work. I hope it does work. Seems a little desperate. You know, it, it just seems like, like last resort, trying to like patch it together, keep it together, you know? Um, appease, appease some. It, it patched a big, I mean, it, it sealed a huge gap. Right. It was a crack that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we patched it up and it, it's holding that fan base together right now. All the fans are happy and excited and, you know, hopeful that, you know, Bobby P is going to put it together and get us a couple wins. And so and it could happen. Definitely could. I mean, I, I, I still believe in him. It's definitely kind of a crazy move to bring somebody back that, you know, had that kind of an impact on, on the program um, from his de- decision making. And obviously, like. You know, he, he's he's apologized. He's I, I think he's grown from that experience. So you have to give people second chances. And so I think I think he's a better man because of everything that happened. So I'm not I'm not faulting him for that. It's just kind of like as an organization, like, shouldn't we be moving? It, it, it seems like we're going backwards. I feel like we may need to be going forwards and, in, in, you know, trying to figure out what our future looks like, because both these coaches I'm going off here. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm saying whatever. Do you Both these coaches pick? are, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I do best. Both <laughs> these coaches are decently old. We'll have a couple good years. We could have a few good years. Who knows? I don't know. I just, I, it, it could work. It's kind of a crazy move. I believe in them. It's kind of a see what happens and see, you know, what kind of quarterback, you know, it, I don't know if KJ is going to stay. I don't know if he's decided yet or what, what's going to happen with the quarterback situation, but there's a lot that we need to, to figure out. What do you think? I think he's one heck of a college football coach that's for sure 
Um, I agree. I mean, you you see places that he's been. I mean, even going back to Louisville, his first stint there, the way he built up that program to become a national powerhouse, then coming over to Arkansas and having you know some of the best memories any Hog fans can ever remember. His years that he was he was at the helm here, and then the way that that whole thing ended was just I, I didn't think there was any way ever that he'd be able to come back to Arkansas with with how that kind of transpired and all the media attention that it brought and everything but then the way he's been able to kind of rebrand himself in a way where he did get that Missouri State program off the ground I think that was where things really started to move forward for him where it seemed like he was a different person um still one heck of a football coach but to take that Missouri State program who was a perennial two win three win team to get them into some sort of relevancy and then even when he came as a head coach two years ago to play Arkansas and and the type of offensive schemes he was able to come up with that kind of was like oh man this this guy he's still at the top of his game what he's been able to do and then obviously he went to Texas A&M this year Um, they had a few injuries but they were still I mean eight win football team did a lot of good things on offense and had those guys uh, you know playing well so I'm interested to see, one, what they do in the transfer portal, if if that kind of good momentum that we feel in the state of everyone, you know, buying into it automatically, no questions asked. I wonder if that's going to carry over into the transfer portal, where if they're going to be able to get some of these big-time recruits to kind of overhaul maybe some of the deficiencies that we saw creep up last year. Are they going to be able to go out and replace the Bo Limmer? Are they going to be able to go out and kind of revamp the offensive line, wide receivers? Who knows what KJ's doing? Are, are, it sounds like we have the NIL fund now in the backing to be a player to get some of those guys, which, again, the whole NIL, it is what it is, but you're going to need that fund to be very, very hefty to get the guys that you want to be able to compete, especially on a scale of, of the SEC, of the Alabamas and Georgias, where we have to be a big-time player in that space to be able to get the guys we want. Um, and then that's my first reaction is how is that momentum going to transpire to get those guys on campus? Number one, then number two, how is he going to be able to put that system that he has? I know Brandon played for him for a couple of years. It's not an easy system. It's a, it's a system that typically you want guys two, three, four years in the system, being able to learn that terminology to be able to go out and execute it at a high level. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get everyone up to speed within, you know, eight months. You know, obviously they have spring ball, fall camp, and then the season starts. So how quick is that transition going to take um, to to be able to get them firing before the first game? So there's a lot of moving parts. I do think he's a great football coach. I agree with you in some of your in some of your thoughts of it was a very kind of shocking. Wow, that's Bob Petrino coming back as the OC might have been a play to to continue to get fans to believe in in the vision of you know coach Pittman at the helm and everything and, and kind of get back on board after a lot of people probably fell off after the last four games of last year so i'm cautiously yeah, optimistic yeah. i hope i hope it does work out i you know obviously we're all fans we played there all we want to do is see arkansas succeed so um i think it will be yeah. a fun high-flying offense and you know all we can do is kind of certainly will i have two happens. questions for you one do you think that do you think that the NIL, the lack of NIL money this year was the reason we lost so many games? Because at the beginning of the year, I don't know, I don't know if we really <laughs> knew how bad of an offensive line we had. I or was don't. it the offensive coordinator? 
but but like we everybody was talking about how good of a team, how many this is one of the best teams full of players that we like dudes that could make plays that we've had in a long time. And then we came out and did this. And so I don't know if it was the players, like it seems like we had the players. So like, why couldn't we get those players to do what they needed to do? Man, I or think was that's it something a, else. I think that's a freaking loaded question. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because the way that college football is now, no one knows what they have until the first game of the year. It's not like, Oh yeah, we have this true freshman who's been in the system two, three years. He's been killing it on scout team. He's going to go out. You know, we have this whole culture of guys coming up, buying into the system, kind of earning their stripes. Now it's plug and play, and you really hope that that piece that you got in that portal fits. And if it doesn't fit, you could see a year that happened like Arkansas, where we thought we had all these different pieces that were plucking out of that portal to just kind of maybe a square and a round hole. And that's kind of what happens at during the years when, you know, you can think all this stuff, but you don't know what anyone else has either. So for us, we might have had a good team, but maybe the Auburn, maybe the Alabamas, everyone else went and kind of revamped their team as well through the portal. No one really, it's it's really hard to, to know what you have, I think, now um, prior to going out to live reps. So I don't know if it's the lack of money that we had within the NIL or if, you know, we actually did think we had a great team and you know, things just didn't go our way. Like, that that does happen. You know, I also think there was a little bit of a let go of the rope there when things kind of found some adversity there, hit, hit some adversity early in the year, losing to BYU. You could definitely tell that there was a little bit of a shift. And so I saw this. I think DJ Williams said this. You, you lose to BYU, okay? You go back home. You check your checking account. You have $200,000 sitting in your checking account. As a 19-year-old, are you going to say, yeah, man, we got to yeah. get better? Or it's, man, I'm set. You know, it is what Bro, it is. I, I was got going my money. The, I was going to the frat parties. At, like we were, we were going going up on a Tuesday. That's what I'm saying, though. So how easy is how yeah, easy is it for you I agree. to let go of the rope when you, you know, it feels like I'm on top of the world. Like whatever, win, lose, or draw, I'm set. That's why I'm a little. That's why I'm a little skeptical about the coaching because it. I think it comes down to coaching. It's about how you manage because everybody else is managing it. You know, some like there's good teams in this all over the country, and we were not we were not one of them. And so how, th- those teams were obviously able to manage it somehow, or maybe they just had the players or better better players that could you know overcome the the nil distraction. But I, I think it comes down to how how you get your players to to focus on winning games instead of how much money they're bringing to the bank. And I, agree I more. And I'm, I'm a little discouraged by the inability of our coaches to, to do that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this next year. I think it comes down, everything comes down to coaching. It's, it's gotta be, it's, it's the culture that you set. It's a standard that you set. It's how you, it's how you set. It's how you, you know, what kind of like not rule. You don't want to have like too strict of rules, but you want to set a standard and how do you uh, make sure that you're holding people accountable to those standards and you're not letting people become above the team by doing whatever they want because they're making all this money or they're obviously the best player on the team so they can be late to class, but everybody else has to be a class, has to be a tutoring, right? And so I don't know what happened. I don't know anything anything like that. But I remember on our team, there were a couple of guys, I don't know if they were above the team, but it just seemed like they thought they could do what they wanted. And it just kind of, I, I, I thought it brought some tension to the team, you know, and you can't, I just don't think you can, you can have that. You, you need to have, 
a consistent, just like Belichick has. Every every nobody's above the team. Everybody's subject to the same rules consistently across the board. Yeah, but Belichick's when team, you, Patriots have been well. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I think that's that's not the rule. I think that's him as a GM is, is not bringing in the right players. Jimmy's and Joe's, not what? X's and O's. You need the dudes to be able Maybe. to execute the, the game plan. You need both. Know. You I need the structure and you need the dudes. You need you need that, you know? Yeah, that's that's my visual for the night. The pyramid scheme? Um, mm-hmm. I'm a pro <laughs> of the pyramid scheme. I've been I've been targeted by two different pyramid schemes in the past month. This is not random. Can we shout out the Fable Bulldogs for winning Offer Drake state Lindsay. championship last Offer Drake Lynn. What are we doing, guys? Let's go. He's a dog. Did you watch the game? I did. I watched on the Arkansas PBS. The dude, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, did that not just bring it back was great. Some of the it was best a great memories game. you've ever had in your entire life? Yeah, my dad was sending send me pictures and, and videos, and oh, I miss those days. I mean, you're playing. That, oh, I think high great. school football is the best time. Like, people are like, oh, I want to go D1. I want to do this. High school football is truly the most fun, enjoyable time you will ever have playing football. It is strictly you're out there playing for the love of the game, for the school, for the same guys that you grew up playing with, to be able for them to go out there and win a state championship. They'll remember that for the rest of their life. Where once you go, you know, beyond that, it's a business. You are, you know, it's not we're having a great time, all my buddies. It's a business. So the fact that, you know, to see the joy and, and kind of like how they celebrated after the game and all the post-game tweets and all this stuff. I mean, it brought me right back to, you know, 2011, 2012. And thinking back on those times for us, that was the best moments I can ever remember playing football. We can't, yeah. Yeah. When you, when, uh, the two point tuck scoring the, the, that touched uh, the, uh, ex- the two point play in overtime to win it. Everyone storms the field. We're rushing. We're dogpiling in the end zone. You know, you, you just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. So yeah, I'm I'm super happy for him. I think you know Casey, that whole team, that whole staff has worked really hard this year to, to get him get that undefeated season. And um, you know, I'm just I'm just happy for him. That's great. It feels yeah. good. It's all, good to I be mean, a bulldog. It weekend. is. It's great to be a bulldog. And shout out again, Casey Dick, the way that he got that program. You Woo! know. Four and six, what, two, three years ago? You want to talk about building yeah. a program, you know, obviously high school you need yes, the sir. right right group coming up, but to have that buy in to go perfect season, win is to cap it off the state championship, that's you know, no other fateful bulldog team in history has ever done that and they've been able to do it. So shout out to them. Yeah. Fun to watch. Shout out. Proud alum. Right. Proud alum. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Arkansas, throw your boy an offer. Let's go. Let's get it going. Thank you all for uh, for listening, for watching. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback. Share this podcast. You know, we want to we want to interact with y'all. We want to hear what you guys want to hear about. Um, and we hope you're having fun. We hope you like the podcast, and we appreciate y'all. So go Hogs, go Bulldogs, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.